Good morning. Welcome to worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our Holy Gospels from the fourth chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to uh, pray with me this morning our, our Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant by that same Holy Spirit truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations through Christ, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Romans 8, verse 35 and following, reads like this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No. In all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This happened to be the gospel, I mean, this happened to be the New Testament text that I wrote my exegetical paper on when I was in seminary. Well, back in the day when I was in seminary, all of us had to write a, a primary thesis paper. It was like your culminating paper that you had to write um, for New Testament Greek. And this was the text that I chose to Write my thesis, if you want to call it that. These words are my favorite words, some of my favorite words of Scripture. And I hold fast to them, and I remind myself of these words practically every day of my life. I read some words this week, uh, written by Deb Thomas, where she said that even the wilderness, even the wilderness can't 
separate us from God's purpose and care. Even the wilderness cannot separate us from God's purpose and care. Part of my occupational reality of being a pastor is that I see and I hear and I sense from a lot of people their sense of living in, their living through, or feeling as though they are in the midst of a wilderness experience in their lives. I see and I visit with a lot of wilderness-weathered people. And that's not just the folks that I know that are basically living homeless lives in the desert. There are people from this very church. I think if we're honest with ourselves, all of us have been wilderness-weathered at one point or another in our life. And yet one of the things that I also find is that in the midst of those conversations that I have with these various people as they are encountering these wilderness experiences in their lives, that they still have that confidence and they still have that faith and they still have that sense that they are still beloved, that they are still within in the divine presence of Jesus, that they still have Christ living in them, that they that, that Christ is still very much a part of their life, even in the midst of all the struggles and the challenges that they are facing. In a certain sense, what I'm really trying to say is, is that they know whose they are. They know that they, even though they are going through these wilderness experiences, they know that they are a child of God and that they are beloved with an everlasting promise that, that they have the grace of Christ enveloping them in their lives and in their wilderness experiences. And I, I think I can look around here and I can look every one of you in the face and I, I, I believe I can say with absolute confidence that there is not one single person in this sanctuary right now that hasn't gone through some kind of a wilderness experience in your life. It happens. The plain and simple truth is, is that if we had a choice... If we had a choice, we would not choose to enter into the wilderness. But wilderness, it just sometimes, it just happens. The longer I live in this desert place, there's, there, there's something about living in the desert that has given me a different perspective on life. And the longer that I live here in the desert, the more I've come to realize the sheer reality of what that desert, that wilderness is out there, that it can be a harsh place. We know that. It can be cold and dark and lonely. Ask any person that's living out there in the desert right now in one of their cars who's experiencing homelessness, and they will tell you that it is a cold and dark and lonely place to be. But I also know that it's also a scorching, hot, draining, life-threatening place. And this is the reality that not only those folks out there that are experiencing that, those, those various wilderness experiences out there right now, but this is a reality that you and I also face. When we are living in the midst of a wilderness desert life challenge, 
This past Wednesday, as we observed Ash Wednesday, we came face to face with our sin, with our brokenness, and we also came face to face with our finiteness, our mortal bodies. And we heard once again the words from God who spoke to Adam and Eve, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Part of being human is the, re- is the reality that we will, and we, pro- we already, already have, experienced some form of wilderness in our lifetime. I've been down that road a lot in my own personal life. I've shared some of those wilderness experiences with you. And the reality is it's going to happen again. I know it. We don't choose or volunteer for pain. We don't choose or volunteer for loss or for danger. This wilderness, these wilderness moments, they happen. These wilderness wilderness experiences, they come in the guise or the appearance of those situations in life. When we're sitting beside a loved one in a hospital room, or dealing with a severed or broken relationship, when we're facing the sudden loss of a loved one, or we get that diagnosis that we have cancer and that we're coping with radiation and chemotherapy treatments, when we're walking beside and caring for a loved one with dementia, when we're coping with depression or PTSD, anxiety, or the disease of addiction, These wilderness moments and experiences are part of our human condition. In the midst of these wilderness moments, I appreciate what Deb Thomas asks. She asks some probing questions that I think are worth our consideration. She says, does it mean that in the midst of these wilderness experiences, does it mean that God can redeem even the most desolate periods of our lives? Does it mean that our deserts can become holy even as they remain dangerous? I think those are questions that we should ponder. Does it mean that God can redeem even the most desolate periods of our lives? Does it mean that our deserts can become holy even as they remain dangerous? And her answer and my answer to those questions are yes. Our deserts, they can become holy. Even in the midst of danger, the desolate periods of our lives can be redeemed and can be healed. She goes on and she shares, she says, maybe, maybe we, like Jesus, need long stints in the wilderness to learn what it means to be God's precious children. She says, the fact is, is that we can be beloved and we can be beloved and we can be uncomfortable at the same time. We can be beloved and unsafe at the same time. In the wilderness, the love that survives, and I love this word, she says, in the wilderness, the love that survives in the wilderness is flinty. We don't use that word very much, but it's something I think kind of leaves a a, a different kind of perspective. She says that love that survives in the wilderness is flinty, not soft. The love that survives in the wilderness has a salvific quality about it, not a sentimental quality. 
And she says, but learning to trust it is what takes the time. Now, in all honesty, I don't really want that. Because I've been in the wilderness enough. And it's not fun. It's not fun at all. And yet at the same time, as I look back, as I reflect back on some of those wilderness experiences that I've had in my life, yes, even in the midst of it, I was still beloved. Even in the midst of it, and through it all, and through all of that, I did come out, and I did have that sense of, a sense of healing and a sense of being redeemed. In many respects, we will be walking in the wilderness with other biblical persons in the coming weeks as Jesus journeys to Jerusalem. Over the period of the next five weeks, we're going to be hearing and we're going to be living through some Jesus encounters. And I just want to give you a little preview of these Jesus encounters that we're going to be having over the next five weeks. Next week, we're going to be hearing about Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, who he himself is in the wilderness of searching and questioning, where he comes, comes to Jesus under the cloak of darkness to know more about the God that he sees in Jesus. The next week, we're going to, be, uh, we're going to have a, the passage of Scripture where Jesus encounters the Samaritan woman at the well who her, herself is in the midst of multiple severed relationships and who has lived much of her life as an outsider. And yet she encounters Jesus and re, she receives the living water and that inspiration to go back and tell others about the acceptance that she herself has experienced from Jesus. The following week, we're going to meet the man who has lived in the wilderness of blindness all of his life, whose sight is restored by the healing touch of Jesus. And in four Sundays from now, Martha, she will be overcome with a desert of grief in the loss of her brother Lazarus, only to see him raised from the dead by Jesus. And on the fifth Sunday, we will gather together here on Palm Passion Sunday, where we will see Jesus come face to face with Pilate, a man obsessed with the wilderness of power, with authority, and who has the very ability of life and death in his hands. With a blindness, yet Pilate has a blindness that he is not able to see the living truth standing right before him in Jesus. Also in these next five weeks, we're going to be coming together for midweek Lenten services. And you will be hearing faith journey stories from your very own brothers and sisters who are part of your faith family here at Mount Olive. People who have journeyed through wilderness and desert and challenging times in their lives, walking a journey as a beloved in the midst of uncertainty, loss, questioning, faith searching, and yet trusting and living with the assurance of Christ's love and presence in their lives as they walk through their own unique wilderness experiences. There's a theologian out there by the name of Richard Rohr, and he has some thought-provoking words about this desert journey that we all share together. He says that living our faith journey 
It is about honoring the human journey and loving it. I think that's the one thing I, 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 that, that, that just kind of hit me. That living our faith journeys, it's about honoring the human journey, loving it and living it in all of its wonder and tragedy. I mean, how, how often do you find yourself getting up in the morning and kind of going, oh, another day. I don't know. I mean, I can't help but think that you do have some of those days, don't you? You know? It's kind of like, oh, wow. I look around and I see all the stuff that's happening in our country and in the world, and oh, man, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to face another one of those days where all this stuff is going on out there. And yet, I, th I think there's something to be said here about this honoring the human journey and loving it and living it in all of its wonder and tragedy. He goes on, he said that there's nothing really supernatural about love and suffering. It's completely natural, taking us through the interplay of death and life, surrender and forgiveness. You and I, we have, you and I, we have this privilege to walk this faith journey this path together. That's why we come together in this faith community. That we have one another, even in the midst of our wilderness experiences, we have each other to support us and, up, and uplift us and to remind us that we are still beloved, and that we are still a part of a community that loves us and that we still have the Lord of our lives that loves us. We have the privilege to walk this faith journey path together and to love it and to live it in all of its wonder and tragedy, both in times of wilderness and in times of serenity and peace. You know, I, I think that Deb Thomas and Richard Rohr, if you, if you took those two things that they're talking about and you just kind of try to connect the dots, I, I really do think they're kind of on the same path that we can be in desolate places, but at the same time we can be beloved. That we can still be in desolate places or wilderness places, but we can still have healing and redemption. And that's part of that embracing that human journey and living it and loving it. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. But the beautiful and assuring thing about this gospel story is the realization and the assurance that Jesus became one of us. That he is the incarnate Christ in human flesh. That he walked this earth. That he encountered the harshness of the wilderness and the desert. He came face to face with evil and he said no. He faced the evil one he says, I choose to deprive self over ease. I choose vulnerability over rescue. I choose to live a life of service and humility over being a person who exudes power and authority and manipulates. Jesus encountered the wilderness not only during those 40 days in the desert, but after that, he entered into the wilderness of our lives, of those people that he encountered and walked with them through their wilderness experiences. 
And not only did he walk with them, but he touched them and their lives with his grace and his love and his healing power and acceptance. And that is the same Jesus that is still journeying with us now. And that we can journey with him even in the midst of our own wilderness experiences with that absolute, absolute assurance that nothing, absolutely nothing, is going to be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the glory, and the power, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Marked with the cross of Christ, go forth to love and serve the Lord.